They say having money's not everything, not having it is. Love of money is evil, but who don't want to be rich? Wealth is fundamental for the life that you want to live. As you pursue that wish, don't sacrifice this list. Physical health, uh-huh. emotional health, social, spiritual health, of course. Financial health, health is wealth, health is wealth. Yeah. Tap in, let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Health is Wealth show. This show is for people who want to achieve financial independence without foregoing their overall health. And what we want to do here is create a community where people can come, share, learn, and grow from the examples and stories of individuals who have pursued and achieved both health and wealth. And today we have an amazing guest teed up. Um, we are honored that you know they agreed to come on the show and share a few stories with us. So. Uh, Danielle, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, to those of you who do not know who Danielle is professionally, uh, she is um, kind of a genius, a commercial analytics and operations master. I, I'm not entirely sure what those words conjure up to really mean or symbolize, but by her you know, professional stance, I, I imagine it's something very impressive. So that's what she does by day, but by night, she has a huge heartbeat for ministry. She enjoys mentoring and fellowship and travel and children and coffee in that order. And as a proud new dad for, I think, a whopping three weeks and some change, I can attest to the last two things on her list, both children and coffee. The two go together. They should be rhyming couplets. Um, But with no further ado, dad jokes aside, ooh, built-in pun, hello. Uh, Danielle, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you today, Robert? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. So why don't you tell everyone who's probably like scratching their head like that was a weird (laughs) intro, Rob. What do you do? Who are you? What do I do? (laughs) Who am I? What's your life's purpose? All those good things. (laughs) Gosh, I love those questions. Um, What do I do? So I work for a pharmaceutical company and I do just analytics on data for sales. I work in the operations department, a lot of fun, sit at my computer all day, (laughs) get on calls. Um, And this time I'm working from home, so that's been great. Lots of flexibility, kind of get to manage my own hours as long as I get my work done. So (laughs) that's great. Um, Who am I? Uh, I am Danielle. I don't don't really know what to say to that, Um, but I I guess I am a social butterfly in some ways. I love making friends, spending time with people, um, do a lot of ministry, like you said. I mentor uh, teens and kids, and yeah, kind of my my lifeblood are are kids. I love kids. and I just, it's just my passion to be able to pour into to children, to give them hope for their future and to really help them understand their potential as unique individuals. Um, I am most interested in helping young girls understand that they have opportunities within STEM um, and that it's not just a man's world out there. Uh, that we girls can do, you know, all of the fun tinkering and 
engineering, mathematics, et cetera, just like you guys can do, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I felt for you too there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) That's cool. So what, um, what got you started, um, in that arena? So, oh, that should be more specific. So you said you have a focus on young girls and you know, their aspirations to do well in STEM. So what kind of prompted that for you? Is there a story behind there? Well, I'm actually an engineer by education. I got my degree in mechanical engineering. So it's definitely a, a very interesting position to be in when you're one of, you know, six engineers. You're the only... Uh, woman in the room. Uh, as I, I actually worked in manufacturing as my first profession, and yeah, just surrounded by men, um, not only in school but also in in the workplace. And it's it's a, a challenge, definitely, but it's also really cool to just be able to have a seat at the table. And I want to be a part of bringing other young women to that table and inspiring them uh, to understand that they belong there, just like I did. So tell me a bit more about uh, some of the challenges you face to kind of get into the room. I hear from a lot of people that, you know, share your, um, your situation being the first and only right? And then they explain how just getting in the room, let alone a seat at the table is extremely difficult. So uh, do you have any stories on that or or was it pretty easy for you? Definitely wasn't easy. Um, and I had a lot of failures along the way, not just because people wouldn't let me in, but my approach was not <laughs> very professional or uh it wasn't in a manner that would even allow me to be there. So first, for instance, uh, as a woman, sometimes we're put into positions where we think we have to assert ourselves and be aggressive and cutthroat in order to make our voice heard. But in my experience and learning throughout the years, not really the best way to, to, I guess, get people on your side and get people advocating for you. Really, the best way is to cultivate relationships. Uh, Understand that uh, there are people that are going to be for you. Find those people within your workplace. um, Develop that relationship, whether it be um, like a mentor type of relationship with those people. and, And then they can then come alongside you to help you elevate your voice and kind of advocate for you within within that environment. Um, So once I learned that, it was a lot easier to be recognized as someone that, you know, could contribute on an even level with other engineers, as well as um, understand, like have people understand the value that I had. You know, I have the same education background I have the same experience within the workplace. Um, I'm working just as hard. So yeah, I, I am uh, deserving of being here. And uh, now after having learned, 
I have people who are on my side who are echoing that same sentiment. So I guess it's the whole trying to stay away from being the bull in the china shop, which is kind of what I called <laughs> young Danielle. Um, I just wanted so badly to be like, no, I'm here. Listen to me. Um, and I, I definitely advise you to stay away from that, that approach. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that story before, but I kind of resonate with it because I felt, oh, I think I may have done a little bit of the same. You know, <laughs> wall of adversity, let's power through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 can, I, can, I can feel that. Okay, very cool. All right, so let, let's pivot for a moment. Um, sure. All right, pop quiz. What's the name of this show? Health is Wealth. In your words, what does that mean? Mm, what does it mean to be healthy as or a person, health as, as well. an individual? Like the <clears throat> phrase together, like just when you hear it, you know, what do, what do you immediately think? think of? Hmm. I think of a well-balanced person, somebody who isn't leaning so far to one side or one aspect of their life, whether that their, their focus isn't completely on work or family or, um, yeah, their physical health in a, in a way, but that they are well-rounded in all all of these areas. And then because of that, it amplifies the the total wealth, if you will, of that person. So we nice. have wealth, <clears throat> not just financially, but um, in our community, our resourcing of people, individuals, um, that we know, like I said, people that advocate for you, whether it's professionally or in personal circles, you know, family, uh, friends, and community. You also have your wealth uh, in terms of like assets. And yeah, I think it's more holistic, I guess, than what most people think in my yeah. mind. I love it. I love it. So what would you say is the most important form of health for you personally? Mm. The most important? I don't know. I, I can't really say that you could put one above the others. Well, I would say, did you ask me about health or wealth? <laughs> Either. Let's go there. What's the most important health or what's the most important wealth? Well, technically they're the same, right? Because okay. there's an is, so they're is equal. Wealth. What a... <laughs> um, well, I guess for me, uh, spiritual health yeah. Yeah. is totally. my most important, um, if I had to choose one. Same with me. Yeah. 100%. So... Is my mind okay? If, if my mind and my spirit isn't okay, then it doesn't matter about anything else. Slash... All of those other things are an overflow of your spiritual and mental health. Mm. Have you always been in tune with, uh, you know, maintaining healthy levels of, you know, balance within your life? Or, no? uh oh, not. slow no. shake. 
Oh no. no. So let let's play a game. When did you when did you turn it around? Man. I don't know. I don't think there was a, a specific pivotal moment. <clears throat> Again, it's just life learning mm. and micro adjustments as you bump into what I like to call guardrails. Mm. Like, oh, hey, that was a little bit of tension. I didn't like that. Let's <laughs> correct <laughs> back the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then unfortunately times where we tend to go over those guardrails and have accidents and uh, um, end up needing to learn in that way, you know, through trial by fire mm. type of thing. But yeah, when I was early career, I would definitely work a lot, a lot of hours. Um, like I mentioned before, I worked in manufacturing and one of the facilities I, I worked at, they were 24 hours and I was the supporting engineer for a specific product line. And if they had problems at three o'clock in the morning, I had not set any boundaries where they could just call me and I wouldn't be there. And after maybe a year of doing that, it just, it was, it was lesson learned. I will never demolish that boundary again. Um, thankfully I had the opportunity within my company that I was moving to other facilities every six months. So I almost got to reinvent myself and reinvent my boundaries and make agreements with myself that, you know, I was going to do things differently this time. And not everyone has that opportunity, um, but I was just blessed to have that opportunity because I really didn't know what I was doing or what would be healthy for me. I, mm. I was just really focused on, like I said, I had like laser focused vision on being the best at my job at the expense of other areas of my life. Mm. And um, yeah, just very horribly unbalanced as a person at, at that time. Mm. But thankfully, I am not like that anymore. I have learned to establish boundaries. And even if I do come to the realization that there is a lack of a boundary um, and I don't get you know, in despair that I can't build the boundary in that situation um, where sometimes you, um, people might tend to say, well, I already didn't establish that boundary so it can't ever be built. Um, that's a lie. <laughs> it, it's hard to build it after it's already been crossed over, but I would propose that there's always an opportunity to, to rebuild. Always an opportunity to rebuild. Yeah. That was, that was a beautiful way to end that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so stoic. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, that's huge, right? Like just the balance overall. Um, I couldn't tell you the number of times where people come into my office and we sit kneecap to kneecap and I'm the type of accountant where like, I'll ask the tough, awkward questions that no one touches. I like to, and, and I, I just know. come You've out and say, 
<laughs> yes, I have. Um, <laughs> but you know, just asking, like, do you feel fulfilled? Right? Are you fulfilled? Like, how many hours are you really working, and is that really effective? Because I keep hearing this whole mantra of like, grind hard, work eighteen hours a day, and yeah. I just know for a fact those aren't optimal hours. There's no way you can actually be successfully effective for 18 consecutive hours. It's not sustainable. It's yeah, at not all. only is it sustainable, but I just genuinely don't believe you can do that. Like I feel like your work product will suffer, suffer, and it'll it'll get so mm-hmm. slow. And before you know it, you're like writing in letters at a snail pace. So. Um, I ask those questions to try and get to where you're at now, where people have kind of outlined clear and concise boundaries and they have time to invest in themselves instead of just hustling for some paper. You know what I mean? Right. So kudos to you for doing that. That's, that's huge. Before we move on to another topic I want to talk about, what would you say to someone listening that may have your story? Perhaps another mechanical engineer that are so ambitious to prove their value that they tend to overlook um, what should be boundaries. What would you say to them? I think it would be important to understand what the purpose is of it. Is your purpose and your goal and your value, are they all and are they all aligned? Mm. purpose, goals, values. For instance, if a person says that their highest value is family and yet their time is mostly, and energy is mostly allotted to work, I would propose that that doesn't match up. Mm. So understanding that work is not everything, work is not, and career and status is not going to sustain your life and your soul. (laughs) Um, And do everything possible to adjust for that. Somebody is always going to be there to do your job if you were to burn out or... um, Yeah, if you were to burn out, but nobody is going to, nobody can be you, right? Uniquely as a person. So yeah, just understand that hard work is valuable. And you, if you're with the right company that values talent, you will be recognized for that. You don't have to run the rat race um, in order to achieve a measure of success. Mm. I don't know if that made sense, but. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. perfect sense to me. I think, okay. I think it, um, in fact, I started writing some of the stuff down. So you said purpose, goals, and values. Are those the, the triple trifecta for you that you use? Or did you just come up with those off the cuff? I guess somewhat I do use that. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely do have certain points within my year where I'll write down what, like, what do I want my future to look like? What are my values? How am I spending my time? 
currently and what do I need to uh, to adjust with what I'm doing right now in order to make sure that I am living out my values, number one, and mm. also make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to get where I want to be. Yeah. That's Personally good. or relationally or professionally. Mm. I dig that. Yeah. So I started doing this thing. I think you'll get a kick out of it but I call them self dates where I take myself out on a date. um, And I try and tease out answers to some of these questions you're, you're posing right now. Uh, And it's not weird. Like I'm not sitting in the corner of Starbucks talking to myself, right? Like, (laughs) Hey, what up? You know, hi self. Hey, you know, no. You bring a hat so that you can do them. No, that hurt rolls. Oh man. I, I am just nerdy enough to probably try and do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> get like two sock puppets like, my okay my brain is going way too far with this joke but yeah I do that to try and like interview myself on how I'm really feeling yeah you know and I feel like this may just be me but I don't think enough people ask these important questions purpose goals yeah. and values right it's huge all right mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hang out on this too long. What I, what I really want to talk about is, is the form of health that you're most tied to, which is spiritual health. And I think you shared early on that, um, I guess you're, you're drawn to mentoring and guiding children, right? And what I'd like to ask is, you know, uh, why? Simply put, like, you know, what kind of brought that into your life and, and why do you feel it's there? Mm. I think it's part of how God made me. Ever since I was young, I definitely had an, I guess, the ability to relate to young children. I babysat a lot. I'm the oldest sibling, and by many years, uh, I'm eight years older than my sister and 13 years older than my my brother so I was kind of a a mini mommy in my house um but yeah I I think part of it also is I'll just be honest a little bit of a a pride thing like oh I have something to share with this young person because I know a lot um but as I have grown in my walk with the Lord and been able to set aside some of that pride, just understanding that his heart is for children and he has given me a heart for children that especially vulnerable children that might not be in the best home situations. I I have a, a broken heart <laughs> for, for that and understand that I have the resourcing and the the purpose to step in where I can um, for his kingdom, honestly, not even just for myself and my own accolades, but yeah. Yeah, that's huge. So, so yeah, I, I want you to tell this story. I obviously know this story, but 
you recently <laughs> did something pretty cool for an organization and mm. you were highlighted in a very, I don't know, wonderful way. So would you be comfortable sharing with, you know, what, what that looked like? Yeah, definitely. Am I allowed to say the organization's name? You can I don't say know. whatever you want. Yeah, this okay. is your world. I don't know what the rules I'm just, are. I'm just living in it. <laughs> okay. You run the, you run the world. Yeah. Haven't you heard the Beyonce song? Girls. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Uh, well, how long ago is it? Man, time has flown by. That's all I have to say. Facts. I think it was about two years ago. Well, I'll back it up a little bit. I've always wanted to adopt. Backing it up. Um, yeah, ever since I was a kid, I've wanted to adopt I knew that I was going to get married and have lots of kids and like have tons of kids biologically and then also have tons of kids through adoption. That was my dream. (laughs) And um, unfortunately, that has not come to pass. But God is really good and knows the desire of our heart and just really started working on me through a time that I had really intense grief um, because of a loss in my life, I was just questioning, well, how is this going to come to pass? Like, how can I adopt when it just doesn't seem like there isn't an opportunity to do that? And so through conversations with people, as well as research, um, you know, like the Holy Spirit just giving me, hey, look this up okay, I will go watch YouTube videos. I started finding and seeing single moms fostering. And I I knew what fostering was and I knew about the foster care system, but I had never really had that in a, as an idea for myself because understandably so, because of how media portrays it, the foster care system looks horrible. Like you think of, uh, little orphan Annie, where, you know, she goes and gets taken advantage of and, um, or other movies where it shows like the, the foster parents just collect the check and the kids like are living in the basement. Yeah. With no food. And so, um, it sounds like an awful system. I wanted to stay away from that, but yeah, through conversations and through finding these amazing women on on YouTube and through Instagram, it just started changing my heart. Like, you could do this, Danielle. You you don't necessarily have to be married in order to step into this ministry. That was huge. Um, and thankfully, I'm I'm blessed to have a really stable job and be financially stable um, where I, I can do that. I am in a position to do that. Well, then it got a little complicated where I moved into a house with many other women, many other single women. Sometimes I don't know how many roommates I have, but, but um, yeah. So then I just started questioning, well, yeah, how am I supposed to do that? If that's an idea and a desire now that you have given me, how am I supposed to do that now? Because I live in this house and I know that you've put me together with these women because we're growing uh, in your word and 
um, just we have this awesome relationship with each other. And so one day my roommate and I were have my one of my roommates and I were having a conversation and I just kind of blurted out, hey, what do you think about foster care? <laughs> she responded, oh, I, w- I would do that, man. And if you know me, I just run with things. Like I take control, I take charge, we're moving forward. That was yes in my mind. So I started doing a lot more research specifically like, okay, Chicago foster care organizations. And I found this amazing organization called Safe Families for Children. And the unique thing about this organization is that it's actually not foster care. It's not through uh, DCFS, although they do partner with DCFS. It's more of a, a preventative organization where they give families the opportunity to connect with them and connect with the volunteers that have signed up and been licensed through them to create a community around these families that are in crisis so that their situation doesn't elevate to the position where DCFS would have to step in and remove the children from care. So that had me sold because Again, I still don't have warm, fuzzy feelings towards the foster care system. A lot of a lot of stories that I read um, and have heard face to face with people it is just heartbreaking. And I definitely do think that one day I will get to the point where I am licensed through the state to be a foster parent um, because it would be great to be a part of the solution to have a safe home for some of these children to come into. But right now I'm so excited to be part of an organization that is, yeah, on the more preventative side, cheering for and edifying these parents that are good parents and really all they need is support and community, um, people in their corner that help them to restabilize and rebuild solid foundation so that they can parent their children that they are meant to parent. God designed them to to be the parents of their children. They are purposed to be the parents of their children. And obviously in our broken world, that's not always the best situation, but Um, Yeah, so that's part of the brokenness of fostering and adopting. But the goal is that children always stay with their their parents because Mm -hmm. that's how God intended for their family to be. And so, yeah, it was a fun experience so far. Well, so far, because we're not done. But we, we had two sisters come and stay here for quite some time, many months. And it was just amazing because we actually became friends with the mom. She was so open and willing to be vulnerable and willing to learn. Um, She has that growth mindset, which is just phenomenal, miraculous. She is an awesome mom. Um, The girls were just so sweet and really fun to be around. Uh, 
And what's really cool is that we built relationship. Like I'm their auntie now and I'm never going away out of their life. Like they're gonna have to do something really bad <laughs> to kick me out of their life. But yeah, so I, I still, even though they're thankfully back with their mom full time, I still see them like every other week. <laughs> I FaceTime them. Um, yeah, they call me to say goodnight <laughs> or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's just been, thankfully that story is a happy ending type of story or happy future mm. type of story. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> now, obviously, you know, we know each other. We've been friends for a while. Um, so listeners, this isn't my first time chatting with Danielle. We, we're, uh, we're familiar with one another. And you actually extended an invitation for me to go to one of their birthday parties. And I won't share their name um, on the recording, but uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I had never been to um, a birthday party for like, a foster child or, or someone in like a temporary housing situation. Yeah. And you can ask my wife, you know, the moment we left, it <laughs> was just a flood of tears just because I was so overwhelmed with such strong joy and good emotions. But it was so overwhelming to just see how you all loved on those girls. Oh, gave yeah. Them, you gave them, I mean, they had like 1,300 presents and like <laughs> all these people came to like, you know, hang yeah. out with them. There was water balloon fight, cookies yeah. and cake. And I just thought, wow, like, ah, oh, like, why not? You know, like, why not? So definitely moving. Um, sorry, I, I, I get caught up sometimes. Um, but that's why I wanted to have you on the show is to talk about that. So uh, maybe speak to... Um, someone that might be listening and they're hearing you tell this story. They heard me share my little heart moment. Um, and they're interested. How do they, how do they get in touch with this safe families group? Yeah. Um, well, you can look them up in the web. I will probably botch their website, but I think it's uh, safe families for children. I don't know if it's .com or .net or .org. I'm not sure, but oh, if you good. type it into Google, we'll, we'll, fact we'll check find it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there is a application process, especially if you choose to be a host, but what's really wonderful is that you can be involved in any capacity that you want to be involved. I mean, especially if you viewer are, uh, a Christ follower, if you're part of the church, you know, there's so many opportunities to just be able to step in and step up in people's lives. Um, these parents, they need mentoring. Some of them have come from broken family situations themselves. So they just don't have the experiences and support that would have set them up for success as a parent. Mm -hmm. And for people just to come alongside them and, uh, you know, alongside them and have a coffee date with them and have a conversation with them and guide them and be the, um, I guess maybe even parent that they didn't have mm -hmm. in their childhood. Um, 
inviting these families over for dinner, allowing them to see inside your home what it looks like to be a stable, functioning, quote unquote, normal family, you know? Um, My parents were just so gracious where they allowed me to bring them to St. Louis for, for Christmas this past year. And they had never had a family Christmas ever. The mom, she, I know, I, I was crying because I couldn't even relate to that. I couldn't imagine that, that growing up to not have a home life where you had a, a safe place to be vulnerable and feel loved and especially on a holiday like we make it in the States of Christmas, like that is when you are with family, period. That is when you are with loved ones. And to have never experienced that um, was just so remarkable. And really, I just am overjoyed to be able to have had that experience with her. Um, And that my parents were willing to open their home and be hospitable to the stranger, to the neighbor. Um, the way that we are called to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so That's cool. really cool. Yeah. So cool. I love but, that. But yeah, they have a lot of uh, different uh, volunteer, uh, what do you call it? Opportunities? Like cate- categories, yeah. So you oh, can be what's okay. called a, a family friend, meaning you sign up and you might get a call to drive a kid from one place to another. And you say, yes, I'm available for the next hour. And then you do that. Wow. And that's a connection point that you have in supporting that family. Mm -hmm. Or you could be a resource friend. Like, I am a person that always knows where to get baby clothes or car seats or cribs. And so you say, hey, use me as a resource friend. So when somebody needs a car seat, call me. And that would be your your role to play. Or you are a professional, such as Robert Whitley, who does financial financial coaching, which actually a lot of these parents need and have never been exposed to how to create a budget. And so you commit to giving an hour or, or so a week, a month, every two months to coach a family. So that, again, they have, they are able to build a, a stable foundation for themselves and even develop a hope for their future. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time somebody sits down to do a budget, it, it's daunting. But then at the end of it, I have seen and experienced even for myself, wow, I can do this. And wow, I have a purpose for something mm-hmm. financially. And that feels really good. So, Yeah. You're like the poster child, like, boom, yeah, health I, is wealth. Well, Spiritual yeah. health, mental health, yeah. social wealth. Yeah. All that good the, stuff. The physical health, I, I can still work on a little bit. I got to get to the gym both. a little more often. Hello? I haven't been in. I, haven't, I won't even I say I haven't it. used my gym membership this month, so. Uh, oh, wait, I haven't either. I haven't either. It's, it's Whoops, been a dry yeah. month. They, they made oh, some yeah. money off of me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Blew the budget on that one. Right. <laughs> but we'll make it up next month. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, next month, we'll, we'll capitalize. Uh, but I'll I'll ask you one more question, and then I'll let you I'll let you have the rest of your time back. Sure. Um, what is something you know now that you wish you knew ten years ago? Mm. That people are valuable. All right, there's a story behind that. <laughs> Give it to us. Well, it's like I mentioned earlier: bulls and china shop. Hmm. You know bulldoze through everything just to make your voice heard at all costs and a lot of times unfortunately the cost is relational Mm. um whether that's professionally or personally um yeah just having that understanding and that anchor that your biggest asset in life is actually going to be well god first and then people others Mm around you, your community, um, and don't burn bridges. Develop so that patience. Don't take offense. Um, understand that people are fallible. And yeah, there's there's definitely times where I sit and reflect and be like, man, that, that individual was actually really amazing. And I didn't recognize that back then, the way that I wish I had, um, or I didn't. I didn't lean in to that relationship that I had the way that I wish I would have. And now that opportunity to get to know that person on that level has been lost, or it's it more complicated. You know, for instance, I've lived in ten different states. I can't be face-to-face with people that I used to be face-to-face with and live life with them the way that I could have back when I lived in the same city. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. 10 states? (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. I only know about four. Jeez. 10 states. You've been getting around. Yeah. Engineering all over the place. Very transient type. (laughs) I have actually developed roots here in Chicago. So it's been good. Very cool. Yeah. You have this way about you where you'll drop gems and just play it off as though they're just run of the mill sayings. Like, Like what? (laughs) Give me an example. (laughs) The long lit purpose goals value. Um, People have. People are valuable, you know, except that people are, fa- you know, how do you say valuable, fallible, fallible. Yeah. yeah. Those are so good. Like we all have flaws. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so good. Okay. So that's something you, uh, you wish you knew 10 years ago. Yeah. All right. I lied. One more question. Is there something that I did not ask you that I should have? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know, that's the question I'm going to ask you, right? Is it? It is. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually really freeing not to know in some ways. Um, Mm. So, like I mentioned, the purpose, goals, values. So my, my values right now are living for for Jesus and following him and loving God and loving others along Mm -hmm. the way. 
And I believe that is a part of my purpose. My purpose is to to live a life that reflects him and that I, I love people the best that I can. Still learning, will continue to learn for my whole life. And my goal is that I don't lose sight of that. So where that, where that puts me in 10 years, it's going to be okay as long as I'm focused on, on people. Because as I've experienced, actually, even in the last week, loving people and being open to people <clears throat> will put you in positions to have conversations that open opportunities that you would never imagine for yourself. God has a way of doing that. God has a way of putting people in your life that you would have never had access to for very crazy, specific, <laughs> unique ways. And yeah, it just puts you on a path, on a trajectory that you wouldn't have thought of for yourself. So in that way, I don't know. And it's okay. I'm okay with that. Mm. Shoot, Robert. The way that I met you, let's not even get into that story because I didn't even go to the church that I met you. (laughs) Oh, it's a divine encounter, divine intervention. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and just am I willing to be open and Mm. obedient? And the answer is yes. Very cool. I can. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And there we have it, you all. Thank you, Danielle. Um, Listeners, thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, You've been through another episode of the Health is Wealth show. And I want you to remember something. It's not a trade-off, right? Health and wealth are not only rhyming couplets, but they're actually mutual ingredients that are required in the body of purpose. So find your purpose, set some boundaries, and leave the world a little bit better than the way you found it, okay? All right. Until next time, health is wealth. Peace. They say having money's not everything, not having it is. Love of money is evil, but who don't want to be rich? Wealth is fundamental for the life that you want to live. As you pursue that wish, don't sacrifice this list. Physical health, uh-huh. emotional health, yeah. social, spiritual health, of course, financial health. 